Super Talk Mississippi media production. Kickstart your adventure now with a new Gud Golf Cart from Country Carts of Brookhaven. Gud Golf Carts are assembled right here in Mississippi with the best features around. And best of all, they're street legal. Country Carts of Brookhaven, 401 Highway 51 South, phone 601-748-0454. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you are with me after Ole Miss comes oh so close to pulling a double-digit upset over Alabama in Oxford. That's obviously what we're going to be talking about on today's edition of the show. Ole Miss, so close, yet not enough to overcome Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy-winning Bryce Young, and Alabama. It was a heavyweight fight from a casual observer standpoint. It was a hell of a football game, really good, entertaining football game. A lot of stakes, great environment as well. Credit to you fans. It looked and sounded really good despite the weather being apparently freezing cold. Uh, So credit to you guys because it looked, and again, looked and sounded really good on television. Uh, Good environment, good, really good visuals, uh, big-time game, big-time plays made in that big-time game by big-time playmakers. Am I being cliche enough? And Ole Miss just came up short. So we're going to talk about a few things from this game. Obviously, uh, there there was some bad, there was some good, and there was some in-between, and uh, what Ole Miss has ahead of them still this season. So again, I am Michael Borky. Please follow me on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. Follow on Twitter, like Facebook, subscribe on YouTube at Michael Borky. And wherever you get your podcasts, search for this one. If you're listening in browser, that's a mistake. Find this. I would recommend Spotify, but wherever you get your podcasts, search Rubber Report, leave a rating, and a review after you have subscribed to the podcast. And the story of this one obviously is how close it was. Ole Miss so very close uh, to pulling the upset and what a big one it would have been. And frankly, you, you could hear it in Lane Kiffin's tone in the press conference after the game. It, it it was a missed opportunity. I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. What would have been gained from a win here is not only still being in contention for the SEC West, uh, not only still being in what would have been an outside contention for the college football playoff, what would have been contention for an access bowl, but it would have been validation. And and again, that that sounds a little goofy because I think you all see what is happening at Ole Miss and what is being built. And, And I think that the, this idea that you've seen from people that cover college football, that you can't win at Ole Miss is being disproven by the week. It is. If it's so difficult to win at Ole Miss, why after a 10-win season and losing both coordinators, a strength and conditioning coach, a generational quarterback, an entire running back room, three wide receivers, a defensive end that had 16 and a half sacks, both line both linebackers, a safety, and an NFL corner, is Ole Miss on the, the precipice of winning 10 games again? If it's so difficult to win at Ole Miss, why in the playoff era have two coaches taken them to access bowls, that, that's a it's a false narrative, but this game would have taken some of that ammo away from people that are otherwise pretty ignorant about the current state of college football and the current state of the Ole Miss program. It was a missed opportunity there as well. So, so much could have been gained. Not much, honestly, I don't think was lost aside from the game itself, but still you could sense the frustration from Lane Kiffin after the game because he knew that it was a big-time opportunity to solidify your standing 
Um, which I still, I think you still belong in that area. I mean, it's the tops of the SEC, it's Georgia, Alabama, now LSU. And then I think you in Tennessee, you are in the upper half of the SEC right now. I think it's easy. And right now I think you've got a top 15 program in America and losing this game doesn't change that. But buddy, the the respect that would have come from a win here um, is missed. It, It is certainly missed. And in a game like this, there are so many things that you can point to. Change one play here. Change one call here. Change one penalty that should have been here. One missed tackle here. One better executed play. One better called play. There's there's dozens of them in this game that if you just change the outcome of one, Ole Miss would have won the game. I mean, the biggest one is obviously Zach Evans' fumble. Now, if that never happens... I mean, Ole Miss at least has a 10-point lead going into the half. I, I would argue that. I, I don't think Ole Miss loses that game if that play never happens. Now, he took a nasty hit and is now apparently in concussion protocol. But you, you change that play, and, and I think the game changes. Cedric Johnson had Bryce Young wrapped up for a sack, ended up turning into a long play uh, in, in the second half. If that changes, does – uh, the, the game change somewhat? I, I, I mean, the answer is obviously yes. There are dozens of those um, th- that you can point to. But I think what's really important here, and despite what people like Brandon Marcello say on Twitter, part of Lane Kiffin's frustration from this game is the fact that they're not at a ceiling. That was not the best that they could play. That was not the best that they could coach. Th- that's what... I think he was so frustrated with is that there were mistakes. Ole Miss left a lot on the field, which is incredibly frustrating, but also it's a really good sign that you are frustrated because you left a lot on the field and still should have air quotes should have won the game. That's his message in the press conference was not that of I'm at my ceiling. It was, we are not at our ceiling using his words. I'm not on the team. I'm not saying we applying it to me, but what, what he was saying is, we're, we're not at our ceiling. We should have won that game. I don't care about rushing yards. We came here to win. We didn't win today. We should have. That's what he was saying. But I guess people don't have functioning brains the way others uh, apparently do, yours and mine included. So that that's the thing here. That's what was my biggest takeaway from this game was Ole Miss was in it. Ole Miss should have won, and they didn't play their best football. They made mistakes. They had a key fumble. Uh, th- there were a couple of times where they, uh, uh, on the last possession of the game, there was a miscommunication between quarterback and wide receiver. There were penalties that were actually penalties. There were some that weren't. More on that later. Uh, there, there were blown assignments. There, I thought red zone play calling uh, was an issue. Ole Miss made mistakes. Ole Miss didn't play their best football. Almost got banged up there for a while. I mean, KD Hill had to come out of the game. Jamon Gordon had to come out of the game. Troy Brown is still very clearly playing through uh, an injury. Zach Evans was knocked out in the first half, and yet they were still right there at the end with the class, the current class of college football. I know this isn't your typical Alabama team, but still, uh, they, they did not play their best football on Saturday night or, or come anywhere close to it, and they still should have won the game, which adds to the frustration and the next thing that I want to talk about is the, the concept of moral victories. And uh, I can play it for you, I suppose. I'll have to play it off my phone. But here, I'll, I'll actually do that. Um, 
Lane Kiffin honestly had a phenomenal quote after the game about he was getting asked by somebody uh, about rushing yards and and stuff like that. And here was his response. You'll hear the end of the question. Hopefully this sounds good enough for you. I, I know it's kind of embarrassing. I'm playing it off my phone, but I'm rolling here. So just let me have it. Um, this is a great answer. And, and this is something that the fan base needs to really listen to and, and buy into and an attitude that, that fans need to, to adopt. So here it is. I guess even in defeat, Jay can still rush for 135 yards against one of the better rush defenses in the country. I mean, yeah, just kind of assess just what you saw through him just throughout 60 minutes. Yeah, I don't know, guys, you know, this is, let me just explain it really well. I don't really give a shit about how many yards we had, how close the game was. We didn't win the game. And two years ago, I walked off this field and I said, we didn't, hear, we didn't come here to cover spreads. We didn't come here to play what at the time was the number one team in the country close. So all these things about, well, you did this good and, you, and freshman running back, rushing, it doesn't matter. We didn't win the game. So, you know. Maybe some other places that's good or it's been here and good in the past. It ain't good enough. We came here to win, to beat Alabama. We didn't do it. So we're 0-1 um, today. That, that is that is phenomenal uh, stuff for, from Lane Kiffin. And he's exactly right. Uh, there are no such thing as moral victories uh, in the SEC, in year three anyway. Um, I, I appreciated his sentiment in 2020. Uh, but them playing Alabama well that day, I thought, was an outstanding coaching job, despite that that attitude uh, against that. But now, uh, where they are, they should have won that game. The, the plays were there to be made. The calls were there to be made, uh, officiating aside. And again, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, but, but they didn't execute. They, they either didn't call the right play or they didn't execute. Whatever the case may be, they didn't play well enough to win in a game that they should have. And this wasn't one of those, like I said before, this wasn't one of those games against Alabama where you just played absolutely above your head and you gave them your best shot and just came up short. That was like Missouri when they played Georgia earlier. Now, Missouri's better than their record says that they are, but Missouri didn't belong on the field with Georgia, but they gave Georgia their best shot and just came up short. Ole Miss didn't give Alabama their best shot. That wasn't the best that they could play. Uh, which is a good sign, I think, for your program that when you, you, you're you not at your best, you're still competitive with the class of the SEC and a roster that is better than yours. Um, but that mentality is something that the fan base needs to adopt. This, I'm proud of the effort, and well, it was close, needs to go away. Uh, because y- your coach isn't um, accepting what happened, so you shouldn't either. I, I think that that is, after a, an emotional game like that, to because how many Ole Miss coaches from the past or just college football coaches in general would have sat at that podium and said, man, I'm so proud of their effort. Oh, they're, they're, that's just such a great team on the other side of the field, and, and that's why they're the best. And uh, I'm just so proud of our guys, and they played so well. No, BS. That shit doesn't matter, to use his word. It, it doesn't. Uh, they they could have and should have won that game had they executed better, and, and they did not, and that is not acceptable. And hearing that from an Ole Miss coach is awesome. You should be. I don't mean to tell you how to feel, but you should feel great about your coach's attitude after that game. As weird as that is to say, um, because there are a lot of guys that have coached at Ole Miss that thought that you had a ceiling, that thought that, 
you weren't good enough, that you didn't belong. And I'm not stupid or naive. Uh, there are places that that are easier to win. There are places that ha- have a better chance at getting players. But that statement right there, talking about how coming close with Alabama used to be acceptable here, it's not anymore. And don't accept it because I don't, and that's not acceptable. And we lost, and there's nothing good uh, about losing, regardless of who the opponent is, especially when you had the chances to win. That is outstanding stuff from somebody who gets it. Uh, from somebody that I think, I could be wrong, from somebody that I think sees the potential in your program and, and is spending his days trying to adjust the mindset of a fan base that hasn't seen what success looks like. In a weird way, after a loss, and losses are not acceptable, there are not moral victories in the SEC, uh, but in a weird way, after a loss, you saw what a winner looked like. That's what a winner sounded like. Right there. And so I, I would say I would say to Keith Carter, if he listens to this, which I doubt, um, do whatever you have to do to keep that guy around. Be financially irresponsible if you have to. That mentality at the top has got to remain at Ole Miss for as long as you can keep it there. Because that's what a winner sounds like. Um, really good stuff. Anyway. The podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. If you're in the market for office technology and you are located anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi, uh, ABSMS.com is the website. So if you or your business, again, located anywhere in the state and you need office tech, uh, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage, data security, phone systems, whatever. If it's technology, if it's in the office and you or your business needs it, absms.com is the website. If you tell them I sent you, you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. The podcast is brought to you by, also brought to you by LBs, just across from Kroger on University Avenue right there. In Oxford, it's the best place in the state to get your meat. You are uh, on the road this weekend, so if you're not making the trip to Fayetteville, I assume you're going to want to cook with meat. You want to get that trip started at LB's. Uh, Again, just across from Kroger on University, Greg and the good people there at LB's are big supporters of of Ole Miss sports, all Ole Miss sports. They're heavy into baseball, which is a good thing, and uh, the national champions got honored. Uh, this weekend, which uh, appeared to be pretty cool. But either way, uh, LB's just across from Kroger and University. They have daily lunch specials Monday through Friday, but they will be open on Saturday. So if you need something for the game, that's the best place in this state to get it. Uh, defense played well. It, Ole Miss defensively played quite well in, in this game. They gave up. Uh, so they gave up 30 points. And battled bad field position. Uh, Punting for Ole Miss was, uh, frankly, was just an issue uh, in this game. Only averaged 34 yards per punt on on four punts. Uh, So they dealt with bad field position from punting. Uh, Evans fumbled deep in their own territory, so they gave up a cheap touchdown there, uh, but held their own. I mean, Bryce Young, the Heisman winner who who played well, really well, threw for 209 yards, and Alabama ran for 100 on three yards per carry, 108 yards on three yards per carry. Ole Miss defensively stepped up. And 
um, got out of the four-man front there for a little while. I think some of that had to do with personnel. Uh, when you had some defensive linemen get banged up during the course of that game, things changed. Uh, there were opportunities that were blown. There was a, a missed sack, a couple of them, honestly, on Bryce Young. There was a, a breakdown on a third down where Bryce Young was able to get a long first down run when there was no spy implemented on him. But, I mean, that's really all you could have asked for from your defense. If I'd have told you that Bryce Young was throwing for 209 and Alabama was running for 108, I would have told you Ole Miss won the game. Defensively, they did enough. Uh, I thought Troy Brown was uh, was especially great uh, in this game. He stood out uh, to me. But that was a complete defensive effort. They did well controlling the line of scrimmage. They were aggressive in, in the back end at, at times. Uh, th- that was a really... Nice performance uh, from the Ole Miss defense, I think. Uh, a really nice performance considering what they were asked to do, uh, the field position that they were um, that they had to deal with all game. I, I thought that was a, a really nice performance from Chris Partridge in the Ole Miss defense. Uh, after watching them play Auburn, uh, th- there's no way – that I would have told you that they would have turned out a perform and LSU. There's no way that I would have believed you if you told me that they would have done this to Alabama. Even a, a struggling version of Alabama would not have believed you uh, at all. They were good. They were really good and, and uh, good enough to win the game. Offensively, Quinshawn Judkins is just special. Uh, he really is. They keyed on him, and he still ran for a buck thirty-five on five point four four per carry. Uh, Losing Evans in the first half, you, you could tell that became an issue in the second half with Ole Miss offensively. Um, where should I start? I'll start with, with Jackson Dart as I'm just looking at numbers now. He was okay. He he wasn't bad, but he wasn't great either. He was 18 of 31 for 212, had a touchdown, was sacked three times, was under pressure a, a lot. Really couldn't get much going in the running game. Had a first down run that was taken away from an egregious holding penalty. Uh, he was certainly not to blame. And I saw too many people blaming that on quarterback play. And, and quite frankly, I think you're a little misguided if you think that um, that was to blame. It just wasn't um, It wasn't perfect. He certainly can improve. There were times where um, he brought his eyes down and tried to escape uh, a defensive lineman that wasn't yet there, could have stand in stood in and delivered a, a, a football still, especially on that last possession, I, I think, on that third down play. I think it was the third down play. Um, unless that was a design draw, which it didn't look like one. Watkins was open uh, for a quick hitter underneath for like seven, eight yards. Would have changed uh, a lot of, of that possession, possibly, if he would have seen that. But uh, that was the biggest game he's ever played in, in his young career. And, and people still forget that he's 19 years old and um, he's still growing into it. That was by far the biggest game that, that he's played in, in in his life and did some good things, did some not so good things, uh, but didn't turn the football over. I was talking to somebody today that 19-year-old Matt Corral would have had four turnovers uh, in that game. He is perfectly on schedule to becoming a, a very, very high-level college quarterback, and he already has the tools uh, to be that. But uh, was under duress a lot. His receivers at times uh, weren't getting separation, and if they did, he didn't have time uh, to really distribute the football, and there's still no threat from the tight end. Um, so so he was, again, he was he was okay, not great, didn't play well enough to quote-unquote win the game, but didn't play poor enough to lose the game either. Uh, that's just kind of how that was. 
Ole Miss's glaring issue, I believe, offensively is is red zone execution and or play calling. Six trips to the red zone, three of them ended uh, in touchdowns, and, and that's not acceptable. That's not good enough. Uh, they, they have got to be better there in one way or another. Uh, I thought on that final drive, I even put it on Twitter, I understand that that Judkins was, was gassed, and that was the reason – uh, that they said for not giving him the ball on those final four plays that ended the game. Uh, you've got a couple of timeouts. If your best player really truly is so tired that he can't carry the football, uh, you did keep him in the game for those four snaps, but you can't bring timeouts home with you. You can't exchange them for points. If your best player who got you down to that point is too tired to do anything why is he on the field number one and number two why don't you use one of those timeouts uh, to ensure that that you can give your best player the football i thought that was one way or another that was mismanagement um because i had a couple people say well it's not madden he was tired well it's the fourth quarter in a heavyweight fight everybody's tired but he had 10 more carries uh, than he had on Saturday in College Station. If he needs a break, give him one. But in my mind, if if he's too tired to play, then why is he on the field? Your best player didn't touch the ball in the most important – I'll give him three plays. The You're not going to hand the ball off on fourth and 18 or whatever, but in the most important handful of plays in the game, your best player didn't touch the ball while he was on the field. You can't bring a timeout home with you. You can't bring two timeouts home with you. Um, That was mismanaged there, but even if you disagree with that, red zone offense has got to be better. They don't execute well enough or or they don't call plays well enough. Their three touchdowns and six appearances is not good enough, and that's not going to beat teams like uh like Alabama. So all in all, look, it's it's a tough loss. There was a lot that could have been gained from losing that game. There are no such thing as moral victories. They did not play well enough to win. They didn't coach well enough to win. And for some reason some people take exception to that statement. Your coach says that. So unless you think that he is wrong, uh, then it's perfectly fine saying that. There are no moral victories. Playing Alabama close is is not good enough. They should have won the game, and they did not. However, I do think that this team is still, they have a lot to play for. I mean, they're a favorite in Fayetteville. They're definitely going to be a favorite in the Egg Bowl. Ten wins in a rebuilding year is still on the table for this team. There's still a lot to play for, and you can't forget that your quarterback, your running back, and both of your offensive tackles are true and or redshirt freshmen. Uh, so, so there is a lot still on the line, and there's a, a lot of good Uh, happening uh, in this program right now. A ton of good still happening, and and they're building towards something that you haven't seen. And I'm willing to bet almost all of your lifetimes uh, they're they're working towards that. you got to keep them however you can uh, for as long as you can because mentality, mindset, culture is changing right in front of your eyes. And even in a loss, you saw that. I think the loss magnifies how different the mindset and the culture is around Ole Miss football uh, because of the way people reacted to a loss. And and fans are catching on. Players are obviously bought into that. If you're not on board with that, get on. Don't be satisfied with what happened. Your team isn't. Your program isn't. It's a good thing. 
That is a, a very good thing. And I saved this for last because this is not why Ole Miss lost the game, but it sure didn't help. Um, officiating. And, and Ole, the, Ole Miss was the beneficiary of a couple calls as well. There was a, a, a gifted first down to Ole Miss uh, that certainly was not. It was well short, but it was it was given for whatever reason. Uh, so it, it wasn't exclusively anti-Ole Miss stuff. However, uh, there was clearly more. Uh, there was a missed face mask. There was a, a missed pass interference, which I don't know how the hell you missed that. I mean, what was it? Wade was just lit up 15 yards down the field on a post route, and they they just didn't. There was an unnecessary roughness penalty that should have been called um, on Jackson Dart when he was pushed down twice. Uh, there was a horrible holding call on a first down run that derailed a drive on uh, Jordan Watkins, I believe is who it was called on, but he got absolutely lit up and they called holding uh, on him. It was It was terrible. And you saw something similar happen in Fayetteville. LSU was gifted a phantom first down, and you saw uh, something similar happen in Starkville where it just felt like, as a as an observer from a 1,000 feet, that Georgia was getting the officiating breaks. It felt like Alabama got the breaks. It felt like LSU got them as well. Or at least Alabama got more of them, Georgia got more of them, LSU got more of them, and maybe – Maybe it is just a complete and total coincidence. It's entirely possible uh, that it is. Um, I mean, that's probably where I would lean. Uh, that it's it's. But there's a reason that the conspiracies are out there. There's a reason that people talk like that. Because from even the most casual of observers. They saw that and thought, wait a minute. That doesn't that doesn't smell right. It doesn't feel right. Something's off there. Uh, whether it was simple incompetence to the point of or to a shocking point, or there's something more to it. Because it happened. The, the team that ended up winning the SEC West, the biggest brand in the SEC, and the team that won the SEC East all got an imbalanced number of breaks when it came to officiating. If that's not what happened, if that's not real, then something needs to be done about it because things that happen in all three games are simply unacceptable. And yet they keep getting accepted. And and Keith Carter and Ole Miss are, are going to cut up some things. And they're going to send them to the league office. And the league office will either do nothing with them. Or if they do something in terms of punishment, nobody will know about it. And But Lane Kiffin will get fined because he retweeted some things, I'm sure. it's uh, It was bad. There's no other way around it. It, it. it was bad. And if you don't think it was bad, you weren't watching objectively. It was objectively bad. Ole Miss had chances to win the game. They didn't execute. They could have. They should have. But this shouldn't be a conversation today, and it is. But nothing's going to get done about it. 
I don't know what else to say about that. Nothing's going to get done. It's been a problem for far too long. Solutions have been offered. They don't care. That's the thing. They don't care. If they cared, they would do more. Publicly, it would be more transparent. But the fact that it operates under the shadows leads to people filling the void with conspiracy. So even if it's not, it's their fault that people think that it is. But what I watched Saturday was unacceptable. Was it why Ole Miss lost? No, I think Ole Miss didn't execute enough when they could have. They had chances. They didn't come up with them. Mississippi State was a much worse team than Georgia. LSU's better than Arkansas. All three of them got help, though. All three of them got help. In an imbalanced fashion, they all got help. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll see you on Tuesday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.